It is the technology show where we translate geek into regular speak. I'm Brett Levy. I'm your host this week. So uh, I've been a little bit missing in action, and that's kind of what uh, today's show is all about. Um, if you live in Australia, then you'll know that last Wednesday, Optus had another oops, um, or should I say they had an opt-out, or oops, I don't know. But either way, it's their second major event in, I think, a year, or maybe even less than a year. Um, there was a data breach with like 4 million people's data lost, and now... Last Wednesday from four in the morning till late Arvo or early evening, it was about 16 hours. Um, if you were with Optus, you were offline. And um, I actually couldn't do the show last week because, um, well, I'm on Optus, uh, both my phone and my home internet. So there's a valuable lesson to be learned here, which is this is what the technology show is all about. So I'm going to share some wisdom. Don't buy bulk and save because you often get more than you need and more often uh, you don't actually get a saving. Um, more about this later on the show, uh, but more importantly, when it comes to tech, don't bundle and save. So I am or rather was uh, on Optus for both my mobile phones and my internet. Um, clever? No. So last Wednesday, I found myself... Um, well, like 10 million other people, waking up, having no email, no social, uh, no daily start. Um, I couldn't find out the news. Um, I play a brain training online-based game every day called Wordle. I've actually spoken about it before in the Are You Game section. Um, no Wordle. Um, I couldn't even ask Google what the weather was going to be. Not that I'm that lazy. I can't open the curtain, but... I couldn't ask what my schedule was going to be because there was no internet. Now, that's okay, right? I could just use my phone. So I slid off the Wi-Fi and uh, um, waited for 4G to come on, uh, or 5G, no, 4G in my house, and all I saw was SOS. Um, so that wasn't working either. Now, for those of you that don't know, phones actually make phone calls. Like, it's still something you can do on a phone. You don't just sit there and consume content. I couldn't phone a client to tell them that I wouldn't be making a meeting because I didn't have internet to make a video call with. I couldn't check the progress of an advert campaign that I was running. I actually couldn't do anything. Um, well, I could read a book. In fact, I couldn't read a book because the book that I'm reading currently is an audio book and it's linked to my Kindle account or Audible account rather, sorry. So, um, well, I did do something. I actually packed up and went to the local shopping mall to join their public Wi-Fi. Now, for those of you that know me or listen to my show, no, I don't do public Wi-Fi. That's how desperate I was because I basically had to make sure that I let a client know that I wasn't not showing up to a meeting, that I just couldn't show up to a meeting. Um, and I actually wasn't the only one. There were 10 million people that were in the same boat as me. So the second thing I did that day was change my ISP, Internet Service Provider. Now, I couldn't change my phones because um, I'm on a contract like most people. So there's a bit of a lock-in and I just was not really in the mood to fight with anyone about getting out of a contract they locked me in. I'll get on that next. But, you know, for all intents and purposes, Op Optus is the second biggest network in Australia, number two. <laughs> Quite funny that actually. They're a number two, or are number two. They are a number two. Um, so, you know, you'd think that being with them for mobile, and that would be okay. So I'm going to kind of stay there for a while, but I wasn't going to be in the same boat again when it came to the ISP. 
Now, before this turns into a total Optus punching bag session, probably a bit late, um, which they deserve, but it's a week later. Um, this is actually more about avoidance and lessons learned because I've had a week to get through this. I actually just have to punch one more thing, right? Like I put a lot of effort into the show. Um, and there's a section called Tech News, which is news that's kind of relevant there and a few days before. It's not relevant seven days afterwards. So, I mean, I really lost out on a lot last Wednesday. Um, you lost out too on some great content. But anyway, right. So, um, remember earlier I said don't buy bulk and save. So, I always, so I've actually realized that I was actually paying way too much money for my mobile bundles. Because looking at everything now, when I was looking at what my contract said as to whether I can get out of it or if there's a clause for non-service and so much, I actually saw how much I was paying for my my mobile bundle um, versus what we were, and I say we because it's a family package, what we were actually using. Um, so I had a family package. I got four SIM cards. I got more data than I could ever use in three lifetimes per month. Um, by the way, that's one thing that Optus does do is it lets you donate your data you can donate up to 10 gigs per day. That's pretty cool. That goes to, like, I, I believe it goes to young kids, school kids and that, that are um, less fortunate than us. And then they can use this data to get online and so on. So it's a great initiative. Um, and I have been donating probably more data than I can actually use. So in looking at this whole thing um, and making a couple of very quick changes, I've actually been able to save $60 a month. Now, that's a lot of cash. Um, I mean, if you take that over the year, right, that's $900 um, that I've been wasting. How's my maths? Six twelves are 72. $720. This is the technology show, not the mathematics show. Um, anyway, the second is that in getting the new ISP, um, I got to get some new toys because I had to give back the old modem. And, um, you know, looking at a new system upgrade, I thought, well, it's time to change everything. So uh, after this long soliloquy, um, this leads me into things with a Z. So, so let's get into things with a Z. I'll bring up some slides. Um, so for today, things with a Z, um, now thanks to my new service provider um, and the modem that I got for them, I thought it would be time to upgrade my mesh system in the house. And I'm not disappointed. So if you're watching the show, I've got pictures up there. Um, if you're not, I have got the new Google Nest Wi-Fi Pro. Um, now, the modern day needs of all our homes and offices is reach, right? So out of the box, the new Nest Wi-Fi Pro does not disappoint. I had a mesh system in my house. Um, it was uh, it was only a Wi-Fi um, 3 protocol. So I hadn't got to experience the extra streams and connectivities that Wi-Fi 6 offers, which is, in fact, the new... Um, Nest Wi-Fi Pro actually offers 6E. I'm going to get into it now as we go on, right? So don't worry about the numbers just yet. But as you would think, 3, 4 is faster than 3, 5 is faster than 4, 6 is faster than 5, and, and you get the picture. So we're on 6E, okay? That's what the new um, the new units have. Now, the main difference being that when I say faster speeds, on 6E with a supported device, that that's the other thing, right? A lot of people go, oh, I bought this tech, but it doesn't work you kind of need both pieces of technology. So for example, on the Google Pixel Pro 8, or even on the Google Pixel um, 8, they both support the six band. So that you can use a six hertz um, or gigahertz 
uh, band, which will give you 4.2 gigabits per second. Now, I haven't tested that yet. Um, I've literally just finished setting up the, the home network, and I, I rushed through it to, to get it ready for the show because I obviously want to review it for today's show, given that last week's was a, a bust. <clears throat> but besides the 4.2 gigabits per second, you get lower latency. So for gamers, that's for you. Um, you get more security. So given all the hacking that's going on, um, security is probably a good thing. Um, and with the new 6 gigahertz band, you can actually reduce interference and have faster connections because the original modems were 2.4 gigahertz, and then you've got what they called the dual band, so 2.4 gigahertz and a 5 gigahertz. Um, if you look, a lot of devices actually say this only works on 2.4. They weren't designed for speed. Um, and that's fine. They didn't need speed. They were doing what they were doing. Hard drives uh, or like um, shared hard drives, uh, extra routers. In, in the case of the mesh that I had, um, it only supported the 2.4 gigahertz. A lot of my um, Google speakers and that only run on the 2.4 hertz. Now, I'm sure a lot of the new technology will come out with the 6 hertz bands, given that Google's now upgraded their routers to the 6E. Um but the point is that if you do have devices that support it, you will notice the difference. The other thing is it actually frees up space on the on the system because for all the devices that run in 2.4, for those devices that run in 5 and the devices that run in 6, the system supports a tri-network environment. So you can have all three networks going at the same time. So that means that your old devices will run on the 2.4, the newer but not brand new devices on 5, Anything that's come out in the last six months, phone-wise or peripheral-wise, has probably got a six, maybe even seven-ready support as well. Um, so, yeah, I now have a snazzy new mesh network. Um, runs faster, but there must be more, right? Um, well, there is. So, first off, I have the three-pack. So, that's the mesh system that I was talking about. Some people, and Google does supply just a single unit. So, if you're looking for, for everything that I've just described, but in a smaller space. Maybe you live in a studio um, style apartment, uh, or maybe you're in an office where you've just got like this big, like one big space. Uh, you don't need a three pack then. The three pack's designed obviously for houses. We live in a double story house, three bedrooms, got a landing area, got living areas, kitchen, garage, outdoor area. So the three pack really makes sense. And if you position it correctly, you will cover the entire house. In fact, that's one of the features um, inside the Wi-Fi, uh, the Nest Wi-Fi Pro, is that it actually has what they call to the edge. So where it reaches, it reaches with full speed and coverage. It doesn't have a diminished. So when you move further away, things slow down on older technology. It's not the case with these units. Um, as with all things Google, um, home-centric, the Nest Wi-Fi Pro is no different. Open box, plug in one of the riders to your modem, Place the others around the house and build the network. Um, then with the Google Home app, you set everything up and it's now part of your network. It really is that easy. I do need to add that my entire house is a Google house. Um, I use a MacBook. I use an iPhone. For those of you that have been watching and listening to the show for ages now, I game on a Pixel. Um, so I've always had an Android phone as my gaming phone. But for the last two years, it's been the 7 Pro. And recently, a few weeks ago, I did the review as the 8 Pro. So, uh, and my choice of home speaker and camera, as well as doorbell, um, has always been Google um, for multiple reasons. 
Um, so yeah, I'm, I, I'm not an Amazon home. I'm definitely not a Siri or HomePod environment. Um, Siri still doesn't really understand my accent properly. So Google just always made sense for me. So for me, it was super easy to set up. I literally turn on the home app. Uh, sorry, I plug the router into the modem. So the, just I think I have a feel like I need to differentiate this quickly. When you sign up with an ISP, they give you a box. That's the modem, sometimes modem router. So it can also be a Wi-Fi router or it's it's got multiple ports. So it's ready to connect to other devices as well. You still need that. The, the Nest Wi-Fi Pro does not replace the modem, the part that connects to your wall where your phone line or your cable or your fiber comes into the house, it still has to go into a box. That's the modem or modem router. The first of the three units, or if you only have one, it plugs into that device in the WAN port, wireless access network. Um, and then from there, the magic happens, right? So um, now all my other devices um, at, at, are now on the Nest um, because my home it's just Google. So it was it was easier for me, but even after setting up my very first Google product, it wasn't hard. Take out the box, download the app, scan the QR code. It says, do you want to set this up? Give it a name and it goes. It, it, you just join it onto your Wi-Fi network. Um, I've changed my Wi-Fi network onto this device now as opposed to the mesh system that I had. Um, so I just had to rename the little nodes. So the one, two, and three. Um, but that's it. Now, um, I mentioned that all the other devices, uh, as well as my Nest Wi-Fi Pro now, are on my home, right? But um, the the big problem is the protocols. That So all Google products play nicely with Google products. So you go into the home app, you set them up, it's all cool. I have an Ecovax vacuum. Yes, I can control it through the Google apps or a third party. Um, I have um, SwitchBots, which can, they're like little, well, I've reviewed them as well. You can look for the show. They're like little switches that go on and off to turn on light switches, or in my case, I actually control the thermostat of my central cooling and heating in the house. So if I'm sitting downstairs, I have to fire up the app, and I push a button, and the little, little lever comes out and goes, Jim, can I push the button? And I push the button again, it goes, Jim, can it goes off? Um, there's a thing called Matter. So Matter is basically a, a standardization that all smart devices should be working towards. Google definitely has worked towards them. I do believe that a lot of the Apple products do as well. There's a lot of third-party products that have adopted the Matter standard, uh, Matter standard. And the idea behind that is that if you don't have a Matter-ready um, device, so let's go back to the SwitchBot that I have. I don't know if SwitchBot is Matter-ready. I believe it is. But if I wanted to control the SwitchBot using my voice, i.e. my Google um, Nest, I had to buy a little hub. So the hub would then have to be connected to my network. The Google speaker would find the hub. That would then send the action through to the switch and do what needs to be done. Matter removes the need for hubs, but you still need to be able to control them. So the new Nest Wi-Fi Pro actually comes with a Matter control hub capability built in. There's a second industry standard called Thread. And Thread is kind of the same thing as what Matter is. They have different things, but they work together to just make multiple devices through different brands all talk together through one central point. That's the idea. That's a simplistic overview of what Matter um, and Thread uh, does. So 
not only do I have a mesh system that goes edge to edge with six gigahertz um, of speed, which is, as it says, up to 4.2 gigabits per second. I actually haven't tried to do a speed transfer just to see what happens. I literally finished setting up everything uh, last night um, from the hub point of view. Um, so, I mean, sorry, from the router point of view, the, the Wi-Fi router. Um, so I haven't really got to play with speed testing, but I have set everything up that I've needed to set up and it's on my network. Um, but the nice thing is that I can now start linking Ecovacs into the hub. Uh, my switch bots, I, as I said, I haven't put that onto the system yet, but it's on its own little hub. I'm now going to look at taking the hub out. If it's matter or thread ready or both, it'll just work. So you can control all of that or you won't have to buy these multiple hubs. Now, why is that important, right? Let's say you've got seven different products in your house. And I, I probably do between smart plugs, smart bulbs, um, smart robot vacuum, switches, cameras, voice speakers. Okay, well, the camera and the voice speakers are all Google, so it's the same. Uh, there's probably something else that I, I haven't thought of that's floating around somewhere that I take for granted. I actually would have to have, and I, I didn't get all of them, but I've got two. You have to have an individual hub for each one of those products to be able to bring it into your home network. That's a lot of hubs running around. Um, and it's money that you spend as well buying them. So now you don't need to do that anymore. You can control it all in one place through your home app or through your voice. So that's pretty damn awesome. Um, so yeah, now I also just want to point out, by the way, anyone that has the Nest Hub Max, that's Google screen. So it's not just the little Nest Hub, the Max, the, the big one. Um, I don't have one of those. But the Nest Hub, well, I don't need one now. But the Nest Hub Max actually does support Matter as well. So you'll be able to do the same thing I've described if you have that. Uh, but wait, there's more. So as a family that streams and games, uh, bandwidth is quite a precious commodity in this house. Now, the other cool thing with the Nest Wi-Fi Pro, through its built-in intelligence, it actually optimizes your network uh, for performance. So it looks at what or who is using what percentage of your bandwidth, and it can adjust it to ensure that the activities are uninterrupted and the best delivery possible. So equally, um, if you have an important video call and there's too many devices being used, like maybe someone streaming the boring housewives of whoop whoop, um, uh, you can just go into the app and pause the stream or even slow it down from 8K down to 1K. Free up that space for yourself. So you can actually reprioritize, although it is prioritizing itself. Um, I had a look at this last night when I set up in the app. It's awesome. It shows you exactly what's streaming. It's like a little slider. So if you're on Netflix, for example, and you're on 4K, slide it down to 2K. Freeze up the bandwidth. And then the other protocols that were connected to the network, they actually started um, increasing their speeds. So you have less buffering then on your video call or whatever it is. Um, the security feature is also pretty cool. So first off, um, which I have set up, is a guest network. So because I work from home, I don't want just anyone, aka my son's teenage mates, uh, on my primary network. So a guest network allows for a separate network, separate bandwidth, separate allocation by the same controls and a separate password. So that means that you can control what they can or cannot access. So take, for example, even a printer. Um, if I don't want people printing on my network, the printer's not on the guest network. I don't add it onto the guest network. They can't access it. Maybe there's a hard drive filled with movies that you can, add, you know, you can access from the different screens in the house. But on that same hard drive, there might be family photos that I don't want people accessing. I just don't put the drive onto that network. 
So it gives you full control of what people can and can't access. This is great, like if you're running an Airbnb, for example, um, you put a, you put the Wi-Fi up on the fridge, you make it a guest network. It's not your network, it doesn't interfere. You can also then control how much bandwidth is allocated. So, you know, let's say you've got a 100 meg line, you can just put 20 megs onto that. It's enough for them to stream, but that's all they're going to be able to do with it. So if they try and stream and video call on that, they're not going to be able to. So it just gives you those controls. Um, there's parental controls. So both for young and old kids, you can limit or block certain sites, young kids. Uh, you can also pretend that you're Optus and just time out the internet or devices and schedule them to just turn off whenever it suits you. Um, the Nest Wi-Fi Pro also has secure booting and software updates. So this will help prevent hacks. It's, it, every time it reboots itself up, it will reboot with the latest updates. You do need to set it. Um, I can see people go, oh, what happens if I don't want to do it? The, it's always settings. Everything in this, this day and age is just permission-based. I'm just talking about what it can do. So I actually should say thanks, Optus, for the absolute fail. Um, I wouldn't have assessed everything. I wouldn't have upgraded my home to the super new core network and networking capabilities. Um, and I wouldn't be fed by an ISP that hopefully won't black out for a day without any feedback. So, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, that's the new... Um, Google Nest Wi-Fi Pro. Uh, if you want more information, go to store.google.com. Anywhere in the world that you are, it will just put you into your local store. So you don't have to add the AU or USA or ZA, etc. You just store.google.com. Um, as with most things on the Google Store free delivery, so it will come to you with no additional charge. Uh, but yeah, highly recommend if you we're thinking about getting a mesh network uh, or expanding your net your network capabilities. Definitely consider the, the Nest Wi-Fi Pro. Um, if, like me, you were running on an older network technology, like a 3, it probably is time to change. This is just another thing as well. Like I mentioned, if you don't have a 6 gigahertz um, device, you, you're not going to get the benefits. It goes the other way as well, right? If you're running an old modem, um, they only support 2.4 gigahertz uh, across your network. Plus then you have a three, giga, uh, three gigahertz um, frequency mesh or mesh three. Um, you're just not gonna get the full capability of what you actually bring in through the pipe. So, you know, you know, you get your shiny new phone every couple of years, you probably should have a look at the modem as well when you notice things, things running a bit slow and obviously the Wi-Fi routers. So yeah, uh, store.google.com. Google Nest Wi-Fi Pro. Um, that's it for things with a Z. Right, on to tech news. So, um, yes, I'm going to continue the Optus bashing. Uh, if you look at the screen, their pale flyers actually, yes, that's their word. Well, no. Um, but this was just, this came in over, I think it was actually only announced yesterday. So it's been revealed that it was actually a routine. This is the official statement, by the way. That it was a routine software update from the parent company, Singtel. So that's typical. Let's just pass it off to our parent company. It wasn't our incompetence. Um, they contributed to the 16-hour network meltdown that Optus had last week. Now, um, Stingtel's board was actually visiting Sydney at the time of the Optus crash. That must have been quite interesting. Uh, another thing that's come to mind, which is quite embarrassing for them, is um, the chief technology officer, George Fernandez, um, who left the Canadian telco Rogers after it was hit with an almost identical outage. Uh, 
<laughs> to Optus, which affected 12 million people for 15 hours. Um, yeah, he's our chief technology op officer of Optus. So um, surely if someone leaves one telco for being an absolute douche, you don't bring him onto your telco to do the same thing. Just thought maybe HR, people, people and culture, whatever your title is. Maybe you want to have a little word with uh, your CTO. Or maybe you want to just start advertising for a new CTO because I'm sure his head's going to roll now. I mean, that's two for two. What else do we have uh, uh, things with a Z? Or oh, sorry, tech news. Ah, okay. So I'm not bashing Volvo here. In fact, Volvo Trucks was a client of mine when I still lived in South Africa. I still have very fond memories of driving a Volvo truck on a racetrack. Um, this is not about bashing Volvo. So Volvo Electric Truck has claimed the record for the longest Australian trip, uh, which was from Brisbane to Canberra, which is 1,185 kilometers. I have no idea what that is in miles. You do the maths, or rather better still come across the metric system. Uh, now, that's cool, but it had to be charged fully four times, as its range is only 300K. So that's nearly 1,200 kilometers, 300K range. Now, um, the counter-argument is that Australian law requires a driver to rest for seven hours after driving for 12. I'm talking about long-haul trucks, okay? So the rest times will be used for charging during this trip. Now, um, that's great. And I say I'm not bashing Volvo. I'm not bashing anyone for this matter. I'm just talking about whether we are ready for long-haul EV, okay? The trip only takes just over 13 hours to drive from Brisbane to Canberra. Um, if you had a Petrol would never be petrol. If you had a diesel truck with two drivers, they could share the shift. In fact, most of these trucks have a sleeping bed in them as well. So you could have two drivers only driving six and a half hours each. So it's within the 12-hour non-rest requirement period, and they'd be able to get there in 13 hours. If you need to fully charge every 300 Ks, um, and you equally don't want to drive the truck until it's empty and you're nowhere near a charging station. So... You probably have to have five stops then because you're going to charge where you can. I, I don't know how long it takes to charge a truck. It probably is more than a car, given the size of the batteries that are needed. It's probably like a 20-hour trip. I didn't see in the article how long it took them to actually do the trip. But that's like almost double the time it takes for a diesel to get there. So... I don't really think we're ready for long haul. Well, we're not ready for long haul, long distance driving EV full stop. Um, the hybrid model still makes sense and probably why petrol cars and diesel cars are still very important to, to us. Next up, uh, Roblox. Okay, so if you know what Roblox is, um, well, I can't believe that, but if you know what Roblox is, Roblox is a game very similar to Minecraft where you build these you're in this big open world, or you can call it a sandbox, and you're just using blocks and 8-bit style like Minecraft, and I hope you're not Minecrafters. You can build stuff. Um, it's come a long way. Roblox was very simplistic. It was kind of like you started on Roblox and then progressed to Minecraft, but very quickly they caught up and they started doing some cool stuff and could play games and build stuff inside Roblox the same as you can in Minecraft. So they just announced Roblox Connect. And this is video calls via the avatar that you have in the app. So uh, this is great, except for the fact that the only people that I know that play Roblox are kids. I mean, I know there's adults that play it too, uh, but there's also adults that dressed up in kids' cosplay costumes. So we're talking about main players of Roblox are kids. Um, now, 
this is a huge market, right? So Roblox and Minecraft being predominantly kids, is it just me or does anyone else not really want their kids talking to strangers, like even if they're in Avatar over Roblox? It kind of just strikes me as like a predatory invitation. Um, so yeah, I'm not sure how it's gonna work. They've announced it. Um, I don't know if it's actually live. I don't play Roblox. Never really played Roblox. I don't think I've actually even been into a Roblox app. Um, so yeah, um, video calls with someone's kid through a kid's building block game. I don't know. Uh, I, I was just looking, I, I didn't do an are you game segment um, this week. I am actually reviewing a game that I'm not really ready to talk about yet because I'm still playing and there's some other things involved with the games and I'm playing that as well. Uh, I have incredibly exciting news on the esports space. I'm just going to say stay tuned. Like it's signed and it's sealed, but until we start doing the first thing that needs to be done, I'm not going to jinx it and talk about it. So stay tuned. I will share definitely you, the loyal audience and listeners, will be one of the first people to hear about it when I'm ready. Um, it's imminent, maybe a week or so, away, maybe even the next show. Uh, but yeah, so are you game? I, I don't have any cool games. I, what I can tell you is that, as expected, it's Christmas time. There's some amazing games coming out there. Please support the indie game developers. Um, you know, a lot of indie game developers go on to become the main game developers and the studio leads at the big studios of the games that we love. And they won't get there unless they build their own cool games and people notice their games and therefore headhunt them or acquire their businesses. Um, so, yeah, please support indie game developers. Go into Steam. Look at the indie game sections. Yeah, you're gonna maybe pay twenty, thirty dollars, and the game might not be as good as another game from a big publisher for twenty or thirty bucks. But you are supporting an independent developer, and I think that's pretty cool. And the ecosystem needs it if it wants to grow. Um, that would probably take me then to the end of the show. So we've got Q and A, and I just want to see if there's um, anything that's come through. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, here's a cool one. All right. So, hey, Brett. I want to get a new iPhone and trade in my old one because I can't afford the price of the new one. LOL. Yeah, the new one's expensive, right? New 15 Pro is what starts at like two grand. Um, I, I don't have an iCloud backup. Can I upgrade and then downgrade after the transfer? So I'm assuming can I upgrade the iCloud, like pay for more? So for anyone that doesn't use an iPhone, uh, you use an Android, you get Google Drive. On iPhone, it's called um, iCloud. Um, they give you five, Apple gives you five gigs free, and then if you want more, you've got to buy it. As I said, same as Drive. Um, so I'm assuming that's what you mean by can I upgrade and then downgrade after the transfer. The simple answer is yes, but the question is why. So Apple actually provides a very cool service. They give you free temporary iCloud storage for this exact reason. So if you go to your settings, scroll down to the bottom where it says transfer to phone, you'll see there's an option that says something like set up temporary iCloud. Um, you can also visit, um, give me a second. I've actually, I saw this. Uh, um, you can also visit, uh, you can really see this is unscripted and live, right? You can you can visit prepare.icloud.com. So prepare.icloud.com. And that will show you what you need to do and where to go on your phone to do it. So what that does, just a quick note, right? That will give you as much storage as you need. If you've got a terabyte on your phone, it'll give you a terabyte. You'll be able to upload everything into the cloud temporarily. And then when you get your new phone and you sign in with the same iCloud ID, 
uh, Apple ID, sorry, you'll be able to bring everything back down again. However, please listen to this part carefully, right? First of all, you will need to be on the latest operating system. Um, Apple's quite pedantic on things like that. So if you're on 15 or early 16, it's not going to work. The option's probably not going to be there. You need to be on 17, number one. Number two, you will lose this backup once the transfer is complete. I feel that's so important. I'm going to say that again. You will lose the transfer after the backup is complete. So once you open up your new iPhone um, and you go restore from iCloud and it downloads and it puts everything onto your phone, that backup will disappear. So don't think, oh, you've got the safety of a backup. Like if something goes wrong, please make sure you've got another backup somewhere else if you're not prepared to pay for iCloud. The good news is the new iPhone 15 is USB-C, which means you can now plug external drives into it. USB-C is both direction. So you'd be able to get an external drive, back up your phone to the external drive if you didn't want to have iCloud, and then obviously put the drive somewhere safe. So yeah, it, it's definitely worth looking at. Uh, but don't be put off by that reason. Um, a lot of people don't realize that you can actually trade your iPhone in um, and then put that towards the cost of the new one. And there's some good deals. Uh, if you look at some of the telcos, uh, if you look at Apple, there's really good deals in trading and devices. I actually know this, and that's why I had the, the I had to just look through my messages. Um, I've actually just helped my mother-in-law get a new phone, and we did exactly the same thing. She didn't have uh, iCloud. We did temporary um, update, temporary download. Um, but we traded in her old iPhone. So you have to obviously give it to them just to reduce the cost of the new one. So yeah, hope that answers the question. Um, that means that if we're, uh, we've done Q&A, there's nothing else to do except for say goodbye. So until next time, keep your screens clean and your knobs shining. <laughs>